welcome to Off There Shelf Reviews. I was really surprised with this film. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Sailor Suit and Machine Gun, which released in 1981, based on the novel by Jiro Akagawa and written by Yozo Tanaka and directed by Shinji Sumai. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Izumi Hoshi, played by Hiroko Yakushi Maru. She is a schoolgirl who has somehow inherited a Yakuza clan. As she becomes the new boss of the Yakuza clan, she realizes that the clan itself has been embroiled in a gang war involving some missing heroine. As she investigates where the heroine has gone and tries to keep her clan on the good side of the law, she starts to recognize that not only is she growing up, but her eyes are opening to many of the world's lessons. So when this film released in 1981, Japan mm. was kind of, uh, or its film industry was in a bit of a downward trend. Right. Uh, the whole industry was in decline, you know, lack of uh, ticket sales for cinemas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, you know, they, they didn't really know what to do until this film released. And it was the hit of the year in Japan. It was wow. the, one of the highest grossing films of the year and also helped springboarding catapult Hiroko Yakushimaru. Uh, sorry about pronunciation of the names yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, into into stardom yeah. she was also she also uh, wrote and performed the song in the film yeah uh, it was part of like a new mixed media multi-deal kind of thing yeah and uh, and this film was a huge hit that kind of helped rejuvenate and and put japan in a new filmmaking direction yet this film had little or no mainstream appeal over here in the uk yeah uh, also in america it's kind of pretty much unheard of yeah it kind yeah. of has a bit of a cult following until of, of recently with a new blu-ray release uh the film's been fantastically restored and now more audiences are actually becoming aware of of this film yeah uh yeah this was a completely new one for me i mean like gary had said that we had this on our list and i uh did what i normally do and i went to wikipedia and it has nothing on there i mean it has the poster and it has some information about the cast and some of the director but no plot nothing nada oh my like, god what did you do <laughs> I mean, what do you think i did i was in shock like for me like when i use wikipedia if 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 nobody has written any more extra detail about a film is it like a warning sign yeah yeah because it because it tells me that either the movie is really really unknown or that nothing happens in the movie, which is worth note that somebody would actually write it out. And so when I looked at it, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going in completely raw with this film. You know, it's it's not like it's really well known. It's not like it's like I, I had to really scour for information, like you said, about the main girl, you know, about how she'd been in film. Like she's she was born in the 60s, but she's been in film since the late 70s, you know, all the way up to the late 90s. She's like a really well-known celebrity over in Japan with her musical career and her acting career. Never fucking heard of her before. It's not like anybody over here was talking about her. So I was just like, what, what, what's going on with this film? And I was, I, I was a bit concerned because after I watched the film, I was like... That was not entertaining, kind of. I don't know. I kind of was a bit confused. And so, <laughs> so coming over to Gary, I was just like, man, like, 
I was a bit worried that he would absolutely slate the film, but it was the point where he went, man, I really enjoyed that movie. I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got on record, I said many times, that I don't usually watch, uh, especially Yakuza movies, I don't usually yeah. watch, you know, gangster or crime mafia yeah. type movies, yeah, yeah, yet alone watching yeah. a foreign language one. Yeah, I don't mind watching foreign language movies whatsoever, yeah. but it's not usually my go-to. So yeah, I, uh, there's not the sort of film I would choose for myself to watch. Uh, but so I kind of went into this film with very low expectations, um, kind of, you know, I'd seen the trailer for the film and it was presented to me almost like a, like a grindhouse exploitation yeah, yeah. kind of satire. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I can also assume that a lot of people seeing the title for this film and then the poster for this film will get the completely wrong idea. We did. <laughs> about what type of film this is. And it is a drama comedy. Yeah. Uh, that kind of deals with some darker more criminal sort of aspects of the accuser and well i guess life you know as, uh, yeah. as, our, as you said it's a coming of age story yeah as she c comes into womanhood whilst she's thrust into a man's world yeah you know? and uh, and the film i think has a really good strong opening as well with the uh, the two bungling idiots in the car <laughs> yeah. you know i thought it was bio zombie all over again <laughs> right, yeah <laughs> You know, and they're, they're turning up to uh, their, their crime lords, uh, the accuser, the chairman's, you know, he's dying. Yeah. They've got a vet. They don't have a doctor, they've <laughs> yeah. got a vet. So I'm just like... Look at the size of that needle. <laughs> yeah, I usually use it for animals. And that's where I was laughing and I was yeah, like... Right, it, it's is that a comedy? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it, it, ha it has quite... Has varied amounts of, of various types of comedy in the film. Yeah, uh, but that was what took me off guard. I was like, okay, the film has set its tone. Yeah, you know, and uh, and and it cuts as well. Just as about to say, like I pass my lineage onto my nephew. Cuts. <laughs> yeah, it just cuts. Yeah. And uh, and we end up cutting to Azumi um, uh, Hoshi, uh, who's like crab walking in the like in the on the pavement <laughs> yeah. or in yeah. the school somewhere. <laughs> So once you get into the film, you know, we see, you see Izumi, she's at school. She's got a couple of guy friends that she likes to hang out with. And then one day the Yakuza just fucking turn up. You know, you've got the four main guys and then like a hundred gang members all behind them. And you're thinking, what the hell's going on? You know, quite scary, quite threatening. And um, Izumi walks up to them and they, they grab her and they take her off the site and they stick her in a car and they drive her back to their hideout. And she finds out that her father was the nephew of the gang boss who we'd seen die at the beginning. But her father has been killed in a car bombing or a car accident. Like just as well. Just, so. yeah. And she is the last blood relative. And so immediately the, the, the ownership of the Yakuza clan goes to her. And so she sat there and she's like, well, how many people are in this clan? Oh, it's just the four of us. Well, we're all those people we saw lined up outside the school. Oh, we just hired them for the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> just a show of force just to intimidate everyone. Yeah, they're just paid extras. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got Makoto Sakuma, who is kind of her second in command. Um, I... I I want to try to pronounce the actor's name, um, but I won't. Um, simply because I, I, I honestly can't. But I thought their kind of working relationship really worked. Yeah. You know, because he's desperate to try to keep the 
clan, the, the gang, alive because obviously honor based and all that kind of stuff. Because we find out that if the if the four of them disband or if the boss doesn't want to be in charge, they have to go fight to the I, death. Right, I thought that was great as well. I was like, that probably is like Yakuza yeah. honor and code for, for you know somewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and she's like, no, look, look, wait, if you're all going to go off and fight to the death for no reason, I'll, I'll take the chairman position. Like, Fine, <laughs> yeah. please don't go fighting and killing for no reason. And they're just like, yes, miss, thank you for being the chairman. And uh, and so the antics just go from there, really, because then she has to have dealings with the other Yakuza crime bosses and chairman, yeah. which, of course, don't take her very seriously at all. They kind of leave her waiting in the foyer for long periods of time. Yeah, yeah. They treat her like a little girl. They degrade her and belittle her. Yeah. But she kind of starts to develop herself and starts to stand yeah, up. And yeah. you know, she might just grab a vase of water and pour it over his head. Yeah, well, that's, but, you can do that. You're a gang boss. Exactly, yeah. So, like, uh, they kind of, the other crime members kind of see it, like, as a, give her a little bit more respect where he has to kind of dust himself off and then take her to the actual boss yeah um so like it was all these sort of little fish out of water moments because even the other crime bosses still don't take her seriously as well yeah and what's really cool as well is that the other members of, of the medecker gang you know they they kind of bond over the fact that they've got this new boss you know and so there's just little moments where they're actually just having fun yeah doesn't one of them break down crying because he's just like this is the most fun i've ever had as yeah. a yakuza member that's it that's it they they they, they, they go to like um they, they go to the statue like she she's staying up drinking each night and this weird woman moves into her house uh mayumi i believe she's called who and claims to have some connection to her father to her father and her father would give her uh, Izumi's father had given Mayumi a letter to say like um, if something happens to me go to Izumi's house and stay with her and live with her and take care of her and so you're suspicious about this woman um, and then and then Izumi is informed by a police officer that yeah actually she she's um, using a fake name she uses fake and that names she's wanted for various crimes she's been in many relationships with many men she uses them for money so she's just going to use you as well um, but it's that moment where she wakes up, uh, Izumi wakes up the next morning, like completely hungover. Right. You know, because she's been up drinking all night with the gang before. But there was this really wonderful part where they go to this statue um, and uh, and they're all just stood around there and they're drinking and they're having fun messing around with the statue. And Izumi's just like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to be on my own because Mayumi's left. Um, go out and get me a motorbike. And Gary and I were discussing this. And like I said, the, the movie... The movie has not got gratuitous violence in it. It's not like Casino or Goodfellas or Godfather. You know, it's 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 nothing like that. It's nothing like your atypical fucking Yakuza movie, I suppose. But what worked was this this moment caught my eye, and I think it caught Gary's eye as well, was you see Azumi drop down from the statue and she's walking in front of the camera and she's talking to Aki, one of our members, and she says to him, like, go get me a motorbike. And so he runs off. And as she's walking down the alleyway, the camera is still in front of her the whole time. And then as she gets to the end of the alleyway, it the camera turns and takes in this wide shot of Izumi, Aki, and this fucking biker gang. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> And they go on this bike ride through town, through the the busy streets, following the camera. Following the camera, eventually the other the other gang members dis you know uh, they um they split off. They go yeah, yeah, sides. They, yeah. yeah, they split off and go their separate ways, and then it's just the two of them, you know, central to the frame for the most part because yeah. the cameraman's clearly having <laughs> yeah. a hard time keeping them centered. Uh, but that that is what I've really started to notice with this film was. 
Uh, not only were the performances really heartwarming and really engrossing, uh, the filmmaking uh, in the film was exceptional because it had that sort of guerrilla filmmaker kind of uh, vibe or, mm. or, or feel to it. Yeah. Where I was like, these filmmakers, they're like, they're, they're probably under time constraints. Yeah. Like, they probably don't have permission to film on this busy yeah, road. Yeah, totally. Like, according to the uh, one of the producers, they had, uh, you know, it was a very stressful kind of filled nightmare because of that guerrilla vibe of making it where it was just like, this is what we're doing today. Let's go shoot it. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, yeah, like trying to make sure traffic, make sure there's no accidents, no injuries. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't have all of the procedures and... Uh, health and safety regulations is what yeah. we have today uh, and so yeah and, and the, in the filmmaking that, that's one shot yeah but then you'll, you'll notice throughout the rest of the film that there is very little amount in terms of there's no stylized editing there's some comical edits yeah. in the film uh, but a lot of it, the camera lingers. It has those long shots. But the camera's seldom static as well. Sometimes the camera just feels like it's breathing yeah. on the spot but it, it has that almost documentary-esque style to it, but it keeps you enthralled. It keeps you invested. It it doesn't remind you that it's a movie with flashy edits and stuff. So yeah. I, I really admired the filmmaking in it because not only was the editing... Uh, and the pacing of the edits really good. Uh, the cinematography and the shot composition was really striking as well. Uh, and so yeah, it was almost mesmerized by by the filmmaking. And then you end up forgetting all of that again because the characters are so interesting. Even though if the story is kind of formulaic and it's now leading into another sequence where she's gone to confront another crime member and they've hooked her up to a crane <laughs> and they're yeah. dipping her in and out of actual concrete. Yeah. Well, that was after um, her... One of the gang members, uh, after the night on the bike, he disappeared and he turned up dead. Um, and so uh, Izumi and the three other gang members are, are, are trying to work out who's who's killed oh, her yeah, gang just member. before that. There was a huge there gun shootout. Shoot yeah, yeah, machine well, gun fire. Yeah, so somebody's properly trying to kill them. And so uh, Izumi goes to this gang boss and she has this, uh, this chat with him. And it's, it's the one that she poured the water off the vase into, onto his head. And so he's pissed off. And he's just like, he gets all of his gang members. He's like, go treat her well. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, she's going to get raped or something. And instead, the next minute we see her hooked up to this crane being dipped into fucking concrete. And you're thinking, shit, how can you treat another boss like this until the boss gets a phone call from one of Izumi's gang members. And he basically says, like, if anything happens to our boss, we'll kill your son. And they're, they're drowning him in the fish tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the boss is just like, no, 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 okay, let Izumi down, you got to take care of her, you know. And you realise that actually he's not the one trying to kill Izumi. It's another gang boss called Fatso, whose heroine has gone missing. And it turned out that Izumi's dad was kind of involved in smuggling, or at least when he was at the airport, the, the heroine ended up kind of in his possession and that's why he was killed off prior to the boss trying to, you know, give him the Yakuza clan. And so uh, for a little bit, I was really confused and confuddled. Like I had to rewind a couple of times to really, because the movie doesn't properly break down like this is this character and that is that character. You hear a character's name, but you actually won't see him until like 30, 40 minutes. Things will happen and people will go, well, maybe it was such and such character. And you're like, who? Right. I haven't fucking seen him. I've only seen Izumi and her four fucking mates for the last... But then I suppose as well, that's like what you were just saying. Like, I, I suppose what 
caught me off guard was with the movie is that I, I suppose I expected because it was gang related, lots of violence, right. lots of gun shootings and fucking drug deals and the harshness and Especially reality the film of called machine gun in the, the title. machine gun in the fucking title. Um, and like, nothing, nothing like that really happens. There are lots of dialogue pieces. There are lots of set pieces. There are really well done set pieces. So, so part of me now thinking back to the film going, you know what? Actually, yeah, it was really, really good. It just wasn't what I expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes against expectations. It yeah. really does. And uh, even though the film's not particularly violent, like uh, there are still some sort of I think, realistic moments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when the police officer is trying to get back in to see her. Yeah. And uh, one of one of her you know, one of the accusers is blocking him. Yeah. And uh, ends up getting stabbed for it. But yeah. it's the way that they kind of tussle and roll for a little bit, yeah. and the way he's holding the knife, like if you move, I'm going to kill you with this. Well, that's it. The camera. It's not like the camera did like 360. No, it, it just moved back. left and right yeah. while they fought in in the shot and so yeah it was very realistic how yeah. they would fight but then well towards the latter end of the movie there's lots of there will be gunshots but there's not exactly blood squib explosions everywhere yeah it's yeah very subtle yeah um but yeah it uh it things do escalate from here though uh especially when you know there there is that sequence where she comes home and she hears two people having sex in her apartment. Oh, yeah. She's, she's been uh, told by another gang member that he wants to kill Sakuma. That's right. And then as she gets up, because prior to her coming back, she'd come across Mayumi, who, who had explained to Izumi, like, look, the reason why I left is because they were trying to find drugs at your place. Um, and I didn't want to stay there just in case, uh, you know, they found me or them or whatever. I found somebody. I'm in love with him. I'm really sorry, but like I got you know, your dad's dead, Izumi. I don't want to be with your dad anymore. I'm going to be with this new guy. So Izumi's like, okay. So then Izumi goes back to her hide hideout and fucking finds Sakuma having sex with Mayumi. <laughs> Mayumi's in love with her fucking lieutenant, who's the fucking right. And you're like, and shock horror, Mayumi is actually Fatso's, Fatso's daughter. daughter. What? <laughs> so right, so yeah, it does get a bit convoluted uh, because then, yeah, um, another one of uh, uh, Izumi's uh, lieutenants, I guess, is injured. And yeah, she's trying to bandage him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is again another one of those long static camera shots, looking down where she's bandaging him up. He's like, "No, I'll do it myself." And then he's like, "Oh, you smell, you smell weird. You smell like my mum. Yeah, who was a prostitute and was always drunk." I was like, "Is that?" Is that a real compliment? So this <笑>そうですか。なんか、お風呂みたいな匂いがしてきて。目のお母さんに私が似てるわけ。いや、俺のお風呂なんて飲んだくれの泡ずれの男。いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや
Fatso, Fatso. who's yeah. now dressed dressed them up in like traditional Japanese dresses. Yeah, he's gotten his daughter back, and then he's gotten Izumi, and his daughter's explained. Actually, no, he's actually uh, he gives her the tale first, doesn't he, about the landmine yeah. that he stepped on for three days and contemplated. You know, the, the pleasures of being that close to death. Yeah. Uh, whilst obviously he doesn't have any legs. So he's just like, well, I guess we kind of know how that ended eventually. He had to step off. Yeah. Uh, but then he's just like, you tell me where the heroine is or and we'll, we'll let you go. But then that's when Mayumi turns up and goes, look, dad, it's me. I'm back. Please let her go. And I'll tell you where the heroine is because I know. Yeah. So, oh, and then then we cut to the dinner in I, front of the water. Yeah, I, I broke all the heroine down and put it all in the water bottles. In, in, in Zumi's apartment. So that's why you couldn't find it there. So it turns out that the police officer who's been talking to Izumi all the way from the movie works for Fatso. Right. <laughs> um, and, and he actually, I believe he was the one who tried to kill her dad yeah. to get the heroin. Um, and then he goes back to the flat and he gets ambushed by another fucking Yakuza gang who fucking end up killing him and stealing all of the heroin anyway. Because um, it's worth so much money. Um, and Mayumi uh, kills her father, who can actually walk. He's got legs. <laughs> right, that was the really sadistic moment where he's, where he's got Azumi, like, crucified in the church yeah, somewhere yeah. on display. And, yeah, then he ends up taking them into his basement where he's like, it's time for vivisection after he reveals he still has legs. What was that bit where Sakuma and Izumi push some boxes up against the door? Oh, my God. And, <laughs> yeah, because you got, like, five goons there with their guns ready. And they put... The, well, he, he walks up like, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. I'm going to close the door. Close the door, yeah. They don't burst in for like four minutes. Yeah, they like, sit on the boxes. Zumi sits on the boxes like, well, they're done. And then the doctor's just like, all right, we're coming in now. And they just push the doors, which push the boxes out of the way. I was like, that was a really shit barricade. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what was going on there. It was just, it, that was a moment that took me right out of the moment. Ah. Uh, so it turns out that uh, Ogiwara, I think his name was, I might have horribly mispronounced that, who was wanting to kill Sakuma uh, during the movie, he's the one who's ended up stealing the heroin and taking it back to his boss um, because they want to make the most money out of it. And uh, Izumi is just so angry. You know, she's had enough. She's been pushed around too much that now, finally, in this fucking almost two-hour movie, she picks up a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hour 20 minute mark, she gets it briefly, but then she's got a pistol in her hand. Yeah. But then it's like at the hour 30 mark where she actually has the machine gun yeah. and uses it once. Yeah, in, in, in slow-mo, like, maybe it was artistic, maybe they were trying to it look Honestly, it, it really was pretty cool looking, the way she moved. I tell you what added to it, it was a happy accident, I guess, where uh, when the glass exploded, it cut her cheek for real. Oh, wow. So when she turns and she's got blood there, I think you see one of the other actors looking at her like, you okay, actually, it looks fine. And then that, that little cut on her cheek is then in the poster oh, like yeah. it's just become part of that iconic image of her it, now she says she says fantastic after she's fired because yeah. she's finally but i was just like man i wanted her to at least lay waste. i mean maybe that was my expectations again i wanted her to lay waste to all of the gang yeah because we don't see anyone get with... hit we just no, know no. a few bodies on the ground after well that's it there's a couple of a couple of little explosions from her firing and then she decides to walk out again but as she's walking out um, her one of her gang members, Masa, I think he is, he gets shot 
and and dies. Yeah. And so then she pulls the gun out again and starts just firing off all over the place. But they they take the dead body and they go to like bury him or deal with it because there was that whole moment as well where they kept looking on the rooftops, didn't they? And seeing graves. And seeing graves. Yeah. And so it kind of symbolizes and. It was a really beautiful shot at the end, the, the the camera angle being so far away and just her and Sakuma stood on the rooftop. You know, Fatso and his gang are dead. The uh, Ogawara, he's been killed. The, the drugs have been lost. And that actually, this this, this clan now... All, all of their Yakuza factions now have disbanded or yeah, died. Yeah, you, know, you know, and Sakuma's just like, I don't know what to do with myself. And Izumi's just like, look, just try to live. You know, try to have a life. Be you a know. civilian. Be yeah. a civilian. You don't have to do this anymore. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to move out of Tokyo. I'm going to go into the country and have a quiet life. Yeah. And it's kind of sad, like, because I was expecting her to, like, build up a Yakuza empire. <laughs> yeah, I was it's thinking... like, it's like, my God, this film started with, like, some comedy moments and kind of lighthearted fish out of water story that kind of got a bit dark and then turned into a full blown tragedy. Yeah. You know, where. Uh, after he's gone and she goes back to her, her normal life, it cuts to several months later. Yeah, yeah. Where she's kind of uh, uh, gets called in to to see the body uh, of her friend who had gone, you know, gone to have his quiet life, come back, come back to visit her as he had promised. Mm. And turns out he ended up intervening between two yakuza members that got into a fight, and he inadvertently got stabbed in the chest and died instantly. And I'm yeah. like. Oh man, like, no, it's, it's like stand by me <laughs> yeah, all over again, yeah. isn't it? You're just like, fuck, you know, she reads this letter and she's kind of feeling sad, but then she goes off and plays a harmonica. Yeah. And then she's dancing in the street. And she's playing with some kids and pretending to machine gun people yeah. down. And, uh, and then she's like, well, I guess I'm going to grow up to be a stupid woman. The end. I... <laughs> what? You're like, okay, Izumi. That's where you want to go. Well, it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the franchise, though. No, yeah. Uh, as I believe a year after this, there was a, a Japanese television series of the same name. Wow. Uh, then there was uh, another attempt at a TV series adaptation in 2006. Before, in 2016, we had Sailor Suit and Machine Gun graduation. So I guess she finally went back to school and graduated. <laughs> I, I wonder if there was more violence in the other in graduation. There most absolutely was. Like, the, uh, the, the the machine gun sequences are fully done now with, like, kung fu martial arts and all kinds of stuff added to it. For I guess for more for modern audiences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they kind of tried to appeal that way. But, yeah, it doesn't quite look like it has the same heart uh, as the original movie. But I just think it's impressive, like, that that story, that yeah. image uh, is, is still going. Yeah. Uh, by, by and large, the graduation, it's not a remake. Uh, but it is actually a, a sequel. Mm. Uh, of course, it's come so late after the fact that all the actors have been changed at this point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the story's still going. But uh, yeah, what were your favorite scenes from Sailor Suit and Machine Gun? Man, I like two of my two of my favorite sequences were really just on point with the camera work. Like we said, the the uh, the point where she's walking down the alleyway and she gets onto the motorbike with Aki um, and the motorbike rides down the road like you said it's just all one take um it's really really well done i had to go back and watch it again just to find out where the edit was um and then it was just funny especially when they got on the bike watching how the bikes go really slow as they wait for the, the whatever car or truck that they're in to speed up so the bikes can speed up as well 
Um, I mean, I loved, I loved the sequence um, where the guy got stabbed outside by the police officer and then he's getting bandaged up by Izumi. And the whole time I'm sat down, I'm like, this is really awkward. This is really weird. What is this, all, what is this building up to? Up to the point where my brain realized that actually it was all still one camera shot on this one room. You know, it's not gone anywhere. And then he walks up to the door, opens the door, and he's shot. And in that five, ten minute section, there was character buildup and depth to this gang member, his relationship with his boss, how embarrassed he feels about what he's being put through, to the point where he died and he was fucking dead and she was all upset about it. And I was like, man, there's fucking more depth and writing in that than a lot of films I can fucking list off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just, like I said, there were just sequences where, like, Izumi uh, and her, her lieutenant were just having, he, you know, he was kind of giving her the rundown of how things worked, you know, and you didn't think that she was going to get it um, to the point where, yeah, all right, she does get dipped into cement, but her gang's got her back because they've already got his son. Yeah. You know, they don't want her to fucking get involved in any more violence, but hey, here's a machine gun. Go off and do what he did. It was... It was fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there are some really great memorable uh, scenes in the film. Uh, my first being the, the Yakuza, uh, all at the school entrance, all lined up. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they didn't have to do very much. It was just everyone else selling that intimidation of them, yes. like, just panicking. And when uh, uh, Izumi is walking towards them, everyone's just like, no, don't go, you're <laughs> just going to get shot. Yeah, great, great, uh, 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 great early scene in the film. Uh, you mentioned it yourself as well, but when they were out drinking and then walking and to get on the motorbike and then that long shot. Mm. I love the conversation that they had about where he was and how he saw his life moving yeah, into the accuser yeah. and so on. Uh, that they've kind of really built, like, even though there's quite an age difference between them and that's, you know, part of what the film sort of, some some of the messaging in the film is about as well. Mm. They kind of fall for each other, especially later on in the film where he's given up hope and she's still, you know, she's she's yelling at him about what they're going to do. And he's yeah. just like, oh, I think I've fallen for you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like their relationship was really good. And that's why it hits hard at the end where even though he kind of got out of the life, yeah, he still got killed by still a Yakuza gang member. Killed. yeah. <laughs> Uh, watch, watching her get dipped in the cement it was just like that's real cement like oh my god that was great and her with the machine gun with the blood on her cheek I was like that's great that's a brilliant image really, really stands out and yeah just you know her with the machine gun it's just, it's just <laughs> it's her great. with the machine gun yeah because I've waited all damn movie for it yeah, so and I'm not going to get any more in this film either so I'll take it that one bit <laughs> Ian, do you recommend the film? I, you know what, I, I want to say I do. Um, I know there's a lot of people that would probably uh, comment that, that the movie's not doesn't look like anything entertaining, uh, entertaining for them. You know, if they'd even give it the time of day. And I, I'll admit, I, I wouldn't have. Um, if somebody had said you need to watch this immediately, the title would have put me off. My research into the um, what this movie's about would have put me off because there is really none. Um, but then. You know, Gary and I were talking about this before we turned the camera on. It was really, really, really well-known in Japan. The main actress is a really, really well-known celebrity in Japan. You know, and so when when you have a corner of the world that fucking celebrates a certain film, just because we've never heard of it and never seen of it, that honestly means nothing. 
uh, at the end of the day it means that we should do a better job of finding out more and looking into it and watching it yeah there's a high chance at the end of the day we still won't like it but we need to be learned we need to learn more we need to be educated we need to we need to find things and go oh i don't know about this i'm going to take a chance and so we took a chance and we watched it and yeah, I'm not going to rush out and buy it on fucking Blu-ray. I'm not going to praise it to the sun and say everybody should watch it. What I am going to say is if you if you are a fan of Yakuza movies uh, and, and Japanese culture and all that kind of stuff and you've never watched this movie, you really owe it to yourself to watch it because it is a, it is a fucking staple for Japanese culture and, and their film history. If you're into film... You should watch this to tick it off your list because it's one of those films that you really should know. And if you're looking at this review and go, no, there's nothing in there for me, then that's that's fine as well. Just, you know, go back into your corner. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm also going to be recommending Sailor Suit and Machine Gun as I believe it's well worth a watch as this is such a hidden gem of a film. It's a great little satire of the Yakuza genre, blending drama, action and comedy in a coming-of-age tale about a naive young girl who inherits a Yakuza gang. <laughs> it's a cool premise that provides a, uh, a few fish-out-of-water comedy scenes uh, while the more serious crime and murder aspects take the film uh, in a darker, uh, more tragic place. Hiroko Yakishimuru was fantastic in the lead role, right uh, at the start of her highly successful career uh, and an now iconic role as uh, Izumi Hoshi. She portrayed the part with great range from vulnerable to strong, submissive to in charge. She holds the screen well and she keeps the story grounded and believable. The guerrilla-style filmmaking or near-grindhouse vibe of the film was particularly noteworthy for the level of energy it infused into the film, especially as it's not overly edited. With lots of drawn-out shots or lingering moments, it felt rough around the edges, but the composition and framing was excellent, as was the music score and theme. Really enjoyed this one. Didn't think I'd like it as much. Wasn't what I expected, but I do recommend it. Watch this to see a teenage delinquent schoolgirl inherit her father's Yakuza clan. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. Two.